Hello, and welcome to the Right Women Podcast. My name is Laura Yuri, and I will finally be podcasting today. Okay, so it's been a long time. First, it was COVID that got me off track, and then I briefly did one podcast and said and promised that I was going to get back to podcasting, but I didn't because my life went in a series of different directions between surgeries and I got a divorce during that time and so lots of changes to adjust to and finally everything seems to be on track and I've gotten used to the new swing of things and so now I'm ready to regularly podcast again. So without a doubt, plenty has gone on in politics. We now have a new president, albeit he isn't really alive, but he's still the president. Um, so far, it's only been a month, and we've already experienced a lot of changes and seen a lot of changes with the new administration. It isn't great. I'm obviously not happy. I'd obviously voted for President Trump, and I would have preferred that he had been the president at the moment. And while I have a lot of things to say about that, I really would prefer to talk about other things that are currently going on. Yesterday, I did see the president speak at CPAC, and I definitely think he still is going to be plenty involved in politics. He hinted at the fact that he might run in 2024. I don't know how viable that is because he is getting older, and while he has a lot of energy, I do think we need a younger president, especially now with... President Biden in office, I definitely think that we should skew younger. So I'd love to see Ron DeSantis on the ticket for president, but that's bittersweet because Ron DeSantis is one of the best governors that we've had. In fact, he's probably the best governor we've had in my lifetime. And of course, I would be unhappy to lose him two years early, hopefully, but I'd like to enjoy the, the most time possible with our current governor. One of the things that I've been most concerned about in the last few days has probably been Amazon removing the book When Harry Became Sally. Clever title, by the way. The reason it's concerning is because they've basically created a new policy that no one was aware of previously where they have the right to determine whether a book can be removed on the basis of hate speech. So according to Amazon's new policy, they can remove uh, books from their store and prohibit others from selling it as a third party on their store if they contain offensive content. And what their guidelines specifically state is, we don't sell certain content, including content that we determine is hate speech, promotes the abuse of sexual exploitation of children, contains pornography, glorifies rape or pedophilia, advocates terrorism, or other material we deem inappropriate or offensive. And so where it gets really scary for me is when you start having corporations or people outside of the government or even people in the government determining what can be defined as hate speech and also what is inappropriate or offensive. Because those are very subjective terms and really at that point anything can be considered hate speech 
The definition of hate speech can really quickly get out of hand because hate speech can, in essence, be anything. I could say somebody that says that they support Trump is hate speech because by the last definition, people who support Trump are white nationalists and are racist. So if you support Trump, therefore, that can be considered hate speech. So anything that you write is therefore hate speech. And you know, it can get pretty wild and we've seen it throughout history and anytime that you start to censor things or to define what can and cannot be protected by the First Amendment, that's a slippery slope. So I definitely wouldn't want to see or don't want to see this continue and it's already happening at Target and Amazon. Um, I suspect that other corporations that are pandering will do the same and we have a choice here. We either have to fight back or let it happen and you know we won't we can't be then surprised when everything is regulated and we have no free speech. And of course we're living under the authoritarian left socialism communism because inevitably that's where we end up. I'm not scared about the authoritarian right. If if you've ever read anything about it, you know that what really gets scary is the authoritarian left. So definitely something I don't want to see in the near future or distant future or any future as it concerns the United States of America. Okay, so now to what I really want to talk about is the recent Echelon poll that was done on those who vote Democrat and lean Democrat and those that are Republican and also lean Republican when they vote. The results were expected but still alarming. It gives us great insight into the situation that is currently unfolding and the polarization of our country. Unless you live under a rock, you've undoubtedly experienced this. If you're right or right-leaning, you understand that the cancel culture is after you and it isn't a conspiracy theory. It's, it's right there. It's blatant. It's in the media. No one is trying to cover it up. We've come up with terms like first-degree racist and second-degree racist, which is, of course, if you defend someone that was perceived to be racist, which isn't even racism, really, because a lot of it is, it's it's not even close to what the definition of racism is. Most of it is very innocent, things like defending the use of the N-word when it is a quote, a direct quote, will land you the title of racist, and defending that person will land you the title of second-degree racist. So yes, that's what we're dealing with. So it's not surprising, but still, again, alarming. Why it's not surprising, it's because you can clearly see that the media's narrative is being totally supported by the left, and so they're completely brainwashed, and so much so that when they, when they were asked how concerned are you, if at all, that the following are a problem for the country? The second most concerning of the items on the poll with 79% was white nationalism. I'm going to let you have a moment to let that sink in. Yes, it is as ridiculous as it sounds. Yes, does white nationalism exist? Of course. But it is such a minute part of the population that it is insane that that is one of the biggest concerns experienced by the left. It's ridiculous. 
That just means that they are eating up everything that the media tells them. When the media says that the attack on the Capitol January 6th was because of white nationalism led by Trump, they believe it. In fact, 82% of those polled are extremely or very concerned with Donald Trump supporters. Not Donald Trump. No, Donald Trump supporters. And that is the number one thing that the left is the most concerned with as being a problem for this country. Completely irrational in my opinion, but also very indicative of what the future will look like if the right doesn't step up and stop this nonsense with cancel culture and the vilification really of the right, which is what is happening now. The third thing that they were the most concerned with, it with 77% happens to be systemic racism. I'll go back to that. 76% gun violence, 75% Americans lacking health coverage, 73% domestic terrorism, 68% police brutality, 59% discrimination against LGBTQ Americans, 54% sexism, 53% voter suppression, 46% student debt, and 39% capitalism. As promised, I'm going to go back to the systemic racism. Judging by the lack of extreme concern for capitalism, we can see that people do not understand the definition of systemic racism. Systemic racism is when you believe the system is built with the purpose of being racist. In order to dismantle systemic racism, you also have to dismantle capitalism. And those who really do believe in systemic racism also believe that capitalism is very concerning and they want to see the end of capitalism because they are tied. Systemic racism would be tied to capitalism. That just goes to show people on the left, they just know that they have to say that systemic racism is bad because they hear it on the media and if you don't say that, then you are racist. That is what they've been told and they believe it. So again, systemic racism cannot be, cannot end if you believe that there is such a thing, which there is not. But if you do believe that the United States has systemic racism, that means that you need to dismantle the system completely. So when the NFL does something like donating $250 million to end systemic racism, it should be taken as a joke because throwing money at the problem is ironic because they are part of the system, so they cannot throw money at from, they need to, dis, it's almost like they need to dismantle their own system and all the other systems. So who are they throwing money at? And how are they ending our current government and starting a new one? That's what I'd like to know. And by that logic, once again, ironic because they are part of the system. They are part of capitalism. So, Unless I'm unaware, no one is dismantling the system. Therefore, if you believe in systemic racism, you, you need to go about it very differently. Um, as you can see by the responses 
of the left. They are concerned with people, not policy. They are concerned with people that are not like them, people that are different, things that we've seen throughout history and quite poorly. If we look back to Hitler and his supporters, they would receive a similar message. The Jews are the enemy. The Jews are different. The Jews are not like you. And if you look more recently into Cuba, the same was said. The rich are not like you. The rich are bad. The rich have done this to you. These are the bad people. Anyone who's against the revolution is different, is a bad person. Then anything becomes justifiable. And again, we've seen it throughout history. If Donald Trump supporters are the enemy, then you are a good person by eradicating the enemy. You are justifying your behaviors because you've made somebody the enemy. The Democrats saying, oh, they don't agree with me. This is about the Democrats and those on the left fearing the opinions of the people on the right. They're worried about the actual people themselves, not about policy. We aren't here disagreeing about policy. They're here saying they're concerned with the people. They are seeing the other side as the enemy. And when you start to do that, again, I will repeat, anything can be justified. And that is very telling. And I will say again, for the fifth, maybe millionth time, if the right doesn't do something, we're going down a really scary path one that has never led somewhere positive. And you, you can also see this in, in interactions with friends. I mean, I see it all the time. When I talk to my friends who are Democrats, they'll say, oh, I don't like Republicans. Republicans are racist. And when you talk to Republicans, they don't say the same things about Democrats. And that can also be seen in this poll um, where the concerns for the Republicans were actually based on policy, not people. Nowhere on here did it say, is your, are you extremely concerned about Joe Biden supporters? Just goes to show the universities and the media have done a tremendous job of creating the polarization that faces our country. Now, we can take a look at the results among the conservative Republicans, and it's completely different. The top concerns focus on policy. So with 65% of people being extremely concerned and 22% being very concerned, so the leader here is lack of support for the police. It has been a big deal. Don't understand why more people aren't concerned about that, but that is the top concern. Um, then illegal immigration with 65 extremely concerned and 22% very concerned. Also on this list is the general moral decline of the country, liberal bias in the mainstream media, high taxes, socialism, Antifa violence, economic damage from COVID-19, China, election fraud, legal abortion in the third trimester, tech company censorship, budget deficits and the national debt, COVID-19 lockdown policies, discrimination against Christians, COVID-19 school closures, cancel culture, the spread of COVID-19 infections, climate change, and income inequality, which climate change and income inequality being very low on this list, but also related to policy and not people. Vastly different. I mean, just from reading these two polls, you can see 
what a vast difference exists in the left and on the right. And it's, again, it's indicative to me of what is to come. And if the right doesn't step up, and we've been pretty quiet and disorganized, and we need to stop that, we need to come together. And I think we might, as things progress with the current administration, and as the media really gets left unchecked, I think that you will see people on the right come together and realize that we just need to work together so that they don't completely take over. If the left is left unchecked, we're going to end up with a reduction in our freedom of speech. We are going to end up with men who can use the women's bathroom and locker rooms because they identify or claim to be women. We're going to get the restriction of religious freedom, and we're going to get our kids coming home and talking to us about how biology and science do not exist as so far as the left doesn't want them to. They claim a lot that the right doesn't like science, but it's, it's really them who I see disregarding science, um, particularly biology, physiology, anatomy, and more recently, anything that relates to COVID-19, they've gone completely against the science and supported whatever the teachers union and anyone else decides that is the right thing to do based on feelings and not science. So again, the authoritarian left, lots of similarities between Cuba in 1959 and the Holocaust. I see it all the time. It may sound like I'm exaggerating, but having grown up with stories because I'm Cuban of what happened in Cuba, I just, the similarities are just so much. I just see it and it scares me and I think of, okay, where does this end up? Where does this stop? Right now, um, they're trying to pass the Equality Act. The House, I believe, passed it. I don't think it'll pass the Senate, but nonetheless, um, the Equality Act would basically be the opposite of giving equality. It would force us to use certain pronouns. It would force the churches to accept that gender does not exist. And essentially, like I mentioned earlier, if you identify as a man, but you're a woman, you could go into the men's locker room. There's no restrictions. Anyone can just make these decisions. And also, it would allow, it would for, forbid doctors from um, declining to do an abortion on someone because that would be pregnancy discrimination. Insane. Just insane. Um, I already don't like the idea of my kids going to public school. I don't like the things that they're exposed to or the things that their teachers tell them. I think that it's bad enough. I would hate to see something like the Equality Act passed and then being told what my kids should learn and that they are taught that a person can decide their sex. That, to me, is child abuse. I don't like it any more than children wearing masks in school. It's really scary. It's scary that we've interrupted the education of our children. I wonder what impact that's going to have on the generation as a whole and our country. I talk about it all the time because the teachers are doing a terrible job here, at least in Florida. Kids are allowed to go to school in person, which really just results with the teacher having to 
deal with both. 100% don't think that my kids are getting the same level of education that they were getting prior to COVID. I'm lucky and fortunate that they go to a very good public school. But right now, I don't feel at all like they're getting the education that they deserve. The science does not support this. There is no reason for schools to continue to be shut down or operating at this level. All kids should need to be in school for those parents who elect to homeschool. It is homeschool. They can access a recording of the lessons that went on, but they should not be able to participate in live lessons because it is very difficult for the teachers and it is very difficult for the students to learn this way. We were always supposed to flatten the curve, not eliminate the curve. It is ridiculous to live with this level of fear, but the media is consistently doing it. Now the CDC says wear two masks and people are wearing two masks. Um, we shouldn't be living in this state of fear. The suicide rate has gone up. Mental disease has gone up. The lack of education is going to have long-term effects as well as those of the economy. Small businesses, it'll take them years to bounce back from this. We've destroyed everything for a disease that has a very low mortality rate. I could speak on this for hours, but being my first podcast after having not done one for many, many months, I think I've, I've talked for, for a while now. So I thank you for listening and I will be doing this again next week. Please be sure to subscribe and also follow us on social media.